0: This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we talk Solid Fire with Keith Norby and Kelly Beckman as we try to deconstruct where Solid Fire fits into the NetApp on tap world.
1: Well, 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 well. Welcome
0: to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi, Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Tech On Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. Sitting in the studio today, we got a full studio today. Goodness, Glenn Sizemore's here. What's up, man? How are we doing,
2: Justin? I'm great. I, you know, I, I'm doing pretty good myself. Yeah, I got, I got yeah,
0: I, you know, got a lot of sleep last night. I'm, I'm, I'm actually ahead on my projects for once. It's 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 a good week. You know, you came in here a little cranky, and then I saw you drink your lunch, and now you're much better. Yeah,
2: it's something about low blood sugar. What are you going to do? Yeah, hangry. I, how you doing, Sully?
3: I'm pretty good. You're in the office. It's uh, it's the day of the week that you actually came to the office. I think this is the first time in like eight episodes that we have been in the same room together to uh, record. So it's shaping up to be a pretty good day. Uh, you heard Angie Sullivan there, also in the studio today. We
0: we brought in some of the riff from Solid Fire. Um, we we really scraped the bottom of the barrel here, and we got Keith Norby and Kelly Beckelman. Beckerman.
4: Oh, Beckman. Beckman. I, you're, you and the rest of the world can't pronounce my name. I, I got the Beck part. I just added a Beckle. There was an errant L. I, I don't know where that came from. I don't. I don't I, either. Probably
0: because I don't have it in front of me. don't either. If I had seen it in front of me, I would have known it was Beckman.
4: Beckman. The O is silent. Yes, it's German. It is.
0: See, I know things. <laughs> the challenge is applying that knowledge. <laughs> I don't apply knowledge at all. I just. Take knowledge in, and then it just sits there and goes stale. Anyway, Keith, tell us what you do here. Uh, Previous to the acquisition, uh, BizDev and
1: Alliances, uh, so myself, uh, a teammate of mine, reported to uh, um, uh, the business unit that managed all the tech partners and ecosystem. Uh, Within NetApp now, uh, I I support and complement Marie Olson's BizDev and Alliances team. Uh, to help them set goals for Solidfire uh, as well as some special projects uh, that I'll be managing throughout the fiscal year.
4: Kelly. Beckelman.
0: Beckel P- Pickle.
4: No. Pickleman. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm product marketing. So I've been with Solidfire for about three years now. Um, product solutions, kind of seen a lot of it, really tend to focus now on VMware, OpenStack, and containery kind of things.
3: So actually Kelly had a really good description of of what solutions marketing does, right? And that so you've got the engineers who are actually, you know, writing code, making features. You've got the TMEs like the three of us who go and ask a lot of stupid questions to the smart people in engineering and turn that into a PowerPoint deck that the sales engineers and technical people tend to understand. And then you have people like Kelly who turn that into things that everybody else can understand. So we have a little bit of understanding what engineering does. She has a lot of understanding what we do, and then turns it into well, normal people things.
4: Normal people things. That's That's a a great description of my job. What do you do for you know? Most people when they look at me, what do you do for a living? (laughs) Normal people things. Normal people things. Normal people things. Yeah, that's better. I mean, computers. Yeah, that is actually the answer a lot of times. Just large computers. Yeah.
0: Can you can you help me? I have a problem with my computer at home.
4: My Wi Fi's dropped. And I can't I can't get it. I need to get my Netflix back online.
0: Yeah. So so funny story. On this. I'm going to take this into a ditch now. Um, <laughs> just fair warning. As you do. Yes. On the plane on the way to Berlin last year, I remember sitting there, and there was this guy on the plane with his iPad, and he had Facebook open, and there was no Wi-Fi. And he just kept scrolling and, like, trying to refresh the Facebooks. And he had this cached version of Facebook for, like, the eight-hour flight, and I could just see him scrolling. It was it was hilarious and sad at the same time. It's he was,
4: kind of, it's kind of like my children on flights, but they're four and six.
0: Yeah, yeah. This guy was like seventy. the great, The great one for me was as I was coming here, I, there was a problem with the internet
1: service at home, and I had my fourteen year old actually get on and troubleshoot the uh, the issue. Um, so no longer am I the first line of I'm no I'm no longer level one tech support. Now I've graduated to level two. Uh, he can take all first calls from mom and. And relatives. That's good.
0: Now, next thing you know, he's going to be asking for payment.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I'll take on tech support duties. I just need mine to start mowing the grass. (laughs)
0: Oh, he does that too. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Mine's
3: mine's only eight. I'm almost there.
0: It's
1: G-A-S, grass as a service.
0: (laughs) Okay, so the reason we brought SolidFire representatives in here today is because we get asked this question a lot. And not just me, but in general, we get asked, you know, NetApp, you bought SolidFire, why? You know, where are you going to put it? Is it truly a, a, a portfolio product, or are you just competing with yourself? What's, what's the rationale behind it? So Keith and Kelly are uh, going to be explaining that to us today, why that is. <laughs> well, Kelly, you want to take the first shot or me?
4: Oh, I'll take the first shot. As you should. I'll, I'll fire it over the bow of the ship. Um, you know, solid fire, like, we were founded to solve a very different problem among storage. Um, You know, when when we came into existence, it was much more cloud focused, much more you're an environment. You have a lot of different applications, a lot of different tenants, and they're struggling to get the performance that they need. And and storage up to that point, the answer for it was we'll just throw more disk at it. Um, And so when we were founded, it was, okay. you know, what can we do really to help ensure multi-tenant environments, cloud environments, and, and service providers were kind of leading the charge at the time, so it was definitely born out of service providers and, I guess, the needs that they had. And, you know, we like to say at SolidFire that the fact that we're Flash is the least interesting thing about our product line. That simply is the medium that enables us to achieve... The quality of service we offer, the scale-out architecture, the raidless data protection, all of the features that go into making SolidFire great—it um, just happens that Flash is the enabling technology. So, you know, while we're built on Flash, don't look at SolidFire as just another Flash product that NetApp is putting into its portfolio, um, because we're servicing a different kind of customer, a different kind of application, and a different kind of deployment. And I think when NetApp came out and you know the acquisition happened and You know, I still remember that day we were waiting for two o'clock for the news to hit the wire. It was exciting Um, that obviously NetApp wouldn't have paid the money and we wouldn't be in the portfolio if there wasn't a fit for us here. If it just accomplishes the same thing that other products do. I mean, let's all put on our business hats for a moment. That's not a good business decision. So I think. SolidFire just represents a unique type of deployment, a unique type of customer, and unique types of workloads that really complement the overall NetApp portfolio and give us a really strong story to tell out there now.
1: Yeah, I think I'd build off that, too, just like uh, Flash is the least interesting thing about SolidFire. I think Dave uh, Wright said it best in his, in his blog uh, the day before we got a, uh, officially closed on the acquisition, which is a blog about the beginning of the end of the all-Flash array, and it wasn't that you know all flash is going away. It's that it'll be the default. That you know flash has gotten to a point where yeah. the cost per x is just there, where you're probably going to have as a default in the data center. So, you know the over rotation about an all flash array, you know may necessarily die down because it, it'll gravitate to different features, it, which is really where we're getting at when we're talking through uh, portfolio placement. And you think about you know what are the extensive data services and why someone would pick on tap versus solid fire. Uh, if you're doing a VMware environment, uh, you're trying to select for VDI or, or UC. If you're trying to do an OpenStack environment or something uh, relative to containers. Um, the ecosystem for us, I think, really comes alive when it gets beyond storage as well. Like Storage is great, but you know, just like with vVols, it's not a storage thing. It's, a, some, it's, a, it's an automation beyond storage. So for us, the most natural consumers, the most natural people that pick SolidFire are not the people that want storage attributes. They want to unlock some kind of uh, you know virtualization level attribute or automation attribute, um, you know, to help drive uh, the next generation and agility of what they're trying to do.
2: Yeah, no, I love I love that you guys are, have have couched the conversation in those terms because I, I really do feel like it's the most productive, um, and and the the I. C- just wholeheartedly agree with the statement. Like the fact that we're all flash is the least interesting thing we do. Um, the, just moving past that and getting to the actual value prop, which is the operational and the consumption models and the things that that that, that it inherently exposes.
4: Absolutely, and to a certain extent, I think it's it's always been a little bit of a paradigm shift. Um, you know, I've been with SolidFire for three years. I came out of traditional scale up storage from there, and, and interestingly enough, Keith's point of you know flash will become ubiquitous you know i started when oh disc is ubiquitous and tape is dying and so here we are later
0: hold on is tape dead yet
4: no
2: Can we, I, we can't kill it dude things don't die in this industry we just invent new ones
0: yeah, you mean you mean anytime i say something is dead that's stupid
1: I think Brian Brian Madden's famous quote was always in in the uh, afterlife when when the Earth is here and we're all gone we're, and there's cockroaches and a Twinkie, there'll also be a mainframe and a and a Windows something running, and uh, and tape so right. forever even beyond us.
3: So so my gross oversimplification um, that that I've used a, a few times is that, you know, and, and I think uh, Dave Wright's thing is you know solid fire storage for people who hate managing storage, right? And taking that out to the, I guess, the logical extreme is, you know, when you look at a solid fire system, you're not necessarily a traditional storage administrator, right? You don't want to be able to go in and, you know, there's no such thing as a raid group. There's no such thing as an aggregate or any of these other things that you would traditionally associate with a storage array. It's just consuming storage. It's consuming capacity, defining your own performance characteristics around it, and, stop worrying about the storage part, right? Worry about the things that are up above it that are more interesting yeah. to the business.
4: Yeah. We, we th- the term we like to say is think up the stack. So think up the stack more towards your applications, more towards what you're actually running on the system and less about the system itself. And that you don't need a PhD to come in and to figure out how to set anything up. I mean, a, a solid fire system, rack it, put it in. Get it discovered by the cluster, and then everything automatically load balances. And when you create a volume, you set its provision capacity independent of its provision performance. We treat them as separate resources so that, you know, if you have an application and it needs a volume that maybe needs, you know, a small volume with a lot of performance, you can give it to it. And then as that application grows and you need to add capacity to it, it's just a software switch. And, you know, when I've been out at shows, talking to people, and I tell them this, their eyes get really, you can't do that. That How? Yeah. Really? And, well, can you show me? Yeah, we can show you right here. Like, this This was a feature that we created the product on, and it's really kind of what sets us apart, in my humble opinion.
1: Yeah, and, and if you see, you know, in my world with the tech ecosystem, all the partners, whether it be OpenStack Distributions or uh, VMware, Cisco, whoever, it's seeing that come to life in their world. Uh, for how that matters for those people that use that. And if you're a NetApp SE or a SolidFire SE and you have to deal with that on an ongoing basis, it's things like, you know, how easy is, is our Cinder to consume and what work have we done, like, on, on the integration with Moss, you know, Maranthus OpenStack or, uh, and their fuel plug-in. Uh, or are we certified and have we done the work uh, on Red Hat OpenStack? Um, Cisco with Metapod now being called Metacloud, you know, uh, the work that we've done there. Seeing, seeing all that stuff come to life, Where it matters for people that are consuming this um, is where I think it really gets fun and interesting to see.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I also, you know, I want to point out that yes, SolidFire is a much simpler system. That does not mean that it is less complex, right? There's still a whole lot of things that are going on underneath the covers, right? It's still a, a full featured, right? Completely capable storage system. And I also want to point out that you know on tap itself is yes it's complex but it's a completely different administrative model right and typically speaking somebody who's using solid fire their job again is not storage administrator right their job is application administrator or virtualization administrator and storage is is something that they use and consume and once you have those specific characteristics about it, whereas on tap, a lot of times you are a storage administrator and your value add to the business is eking the most efficiency, whether that's in gigabytes or in IOPS or in latency, out of that piece of, of equipment. And you are, are sort of required to have your fingers way down deep in, in there in certain cases. So yep. it's definitely a different way of thinking about storage. And, you know, we keep saying consuming storage, but, you know, that's really what it's about is consuming storage without having to worry about the things that are underneath it
1: yeah and you know i've been i've been uh, privy to on tap for a lot of my professional selling life back to the fast 270 ha and and having a lot of experience selling the platform and, and it's really done a lot over the last you know decade plus uh in the industry and when you look at it in today's choice you know there's a lot of reasons why you would pick on tap you know there's a lot of extensive capabilities you know metro clustering um, lots of data service and, and availability features. Lots of capabilities with Manila and OpenStack as an example. Um, you know, f- for SolidFire, it's, it's just that the, the it's almost like uh, you know you might be a redneck if you know you, you you might be thinking about SolidFire if and you start going through the list of things that you know you might be a you know a new school red, storage redneck. You know, if you if you're thinking about SolidFire for these reasons, you know and we could we could make those up right now as a as a live joke, I guess.
0: I think we should do it. Let's do it. So Kelly,
1: you might be thinking solid fire if
4: If I want to guarantee a minimum amount of performance to my applications and volumes Ooh, at all times. That's why, a really why, good one. Why does minimum
1: matter, by the way?
4: Because Oh, pardon me while I put on the marketing hat and talk a little <laughs> bit about why rate limiting and prioritization it aren't the same. This whisper
2: break as is our. brought to you by Solid Fire Marketing. Whisper <laughs> <laughs> break
4: is brought to you by Solid. This fire? is like a
2: storage rap battle. Would you <laughs> like to have a marketing beard? We have one. Ooh, can
4: I wear the beard? <laughs> yes. Ooh, I saw yours. that when put I came. The beard in. beard on.
2: It is not recommended per per Lamy, but but feel free. Has so it
0: been, oh. has it been disinfected from the last time or so f- who
4: wore it last? I think Amy. Lamy. Oh, Amy. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh,
2: okay. okay,
4: yeah. yeah, yeah so Amy, safe.
0: Pro mm-hmm. tip: um, Try not to get the hair in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> is there a gag reflex that comes with that? Um, depends on how much you hate hair. Yeah.
4: It's stuck on my glasses, and it's more like a unibrow.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I've got there, the,
4: We're there, gonna skip that.
0: There was effort.
2: There it was, was effort, but it was. So I. <laughs> this is I've the
4: Olympics. A, I would have failed my discipline.
2: I've
1: got a great analogy. Dismount that, that, was that, terrible. That, Dismount was terrible. I got a great analogy on on why minimum uh, performance matters. Uh, and it's not maybe what you think. Um, it's, it's, it's cars and sometimes how you think f- flash is fast. And you think, I need to have the fastest car. Like, f- like, flash is fast like a car is fast. But a fast car doesn't help you in a metro if you have traffic jams. right? What helps you in, in a traffic jam in a metro is having an enforced minimum speed limit. If you can get everyone to go a minimum speed limit, everything goes a certain rate. If you cannot enforce that, it d- doesn't matter how fast a single car is or is not, or how wide a lane is or is not you got to be able to have the enforcement capabilities to be able to have and to know by the way what can the system actually deliver like mathematically and technology wise you know can you guarantee that minimum ensures a level of performance and if you don't have the workloads if you think you don't have the workloads that can drive a flash array beyond its draw flash capabilities then you might have you might have small workloads you might be a smb because okay increasingly we're we're there today
4: i see your your car analogy and i will match you on that oh so if that is rate limiting prioritization is a one lane road and you're gonna block half the traffic from getting through because you're prioritizing the other direction coming towards you but that doesn't help you if you're headed south and northbound is what is getting through and so you know Solid fire with our quality of service, you know, because a lot of folks will say, oh, everybody's got quality of service, yeah, 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 whatever. No, really, like, pull up a dialogue box.
2: Yeah, no, really, it really is different.
4: Set a minimum, and the system will guarantee the minimum. And then, oh, well, how do I keep track of that? We keep track of provisioned IOPS because they're separate from any other part of the system. So you just go in and simply look at how many IOPS have you provisioned out. You can't promise more IOPS out of the system through minimums then the system has to give. You get warnings. And so there's intelligence baked in. We don't let you start promising three times the amount of IOPS that a system has. That that wouldn't work. Um, and so, again, it, it's it's great because, you know, I've worked around other products that have offered different flavors of QoS, but to see new folks actually get a hold of a solid-fire system, look at what it can do, and then watch it in practicality. Is that even a word, practicality, but watch it in application. And, and again, eyes get big.
2: Yeah. Whoa. So I'm curious actually along those lines is there any do we ever get any pushback about the fact that we, you effectively we or with solid fire we are effectively forcing customers to think about storage as not one attribute but two and and a lot of customers aren't used to doing that right storage is just a capacity thing they're just not used to thinking of performance as another bucket they have to manage
4: they're not and so you know the first conversation they're Sometimes there can be confusion, but oftentimes it's quickly met with, that is brilliant. I want to be able to do that. That would be so great for these applications. You know, we were out to dinner the other night, talking shop, and Josh brings up, you know, you have a database. It's so large. You know you need a lot of performance for it. You provision a volume that is is is." Only so big, but very quickly, you know, when do databases ever shrink? They grow. And so instead of having to go buy additional disk or or you know, add more physical components to your system, you simply go into that volume and because they're separate entities in a solid fire system, you just increase the space on the volume. And you hit save and no data has to move and there's no rebalancing of anything. Suddenly you just have a volume that is larger and they're often done.
1: Yeah, and I like to think of it too, like uh, when Steve Herod first envisioned the software-defined data center, uh, and the and sort of the the structure behind why that was, it was it was for programmability. It wasn't for building um, you know hardware tiers and silos of things. And I think the future is really about trying to understand profiles. If you think about network profiles and whether you're virtualizing the functions of those network profiles. Uh, compute's been done very well, obviously, and you can, you know, provision uh, CPU and RAM uh, very eloquently uh, to a performance profile. You can set DRS characteristics and all those things uh, in a VMware design. Uh, but the storage, you know, outside of SIOC, there really hasn't been something that's helped to give you a performance profile. Um, and you, you think about that instead of having tiers, you know, because everyone will talk about having tiers of storage, and I'm going to move, uh, you know, performance from one tier to the next to optimize how I'm going to get my performance. Who wants to keep doing the math on that? That's it's it's ludicrous. So I think you know the future is really about you know like what we see and what we like advocate is things like you know UC and VDI as a mixed workload, um, scale out databases, and all these having their different attributes for performance separate from capacity, um, and and not just as a storage thing, but as it plays through the ecosystems, uh, a VMware vSphere design, uh, an OpenStack design, and extra, extra specs. Um, and and as we see the, the sort of the growth of containers and the consumption of, of both on tap and and solid fire in those realms, you know th- there's some there's some cool things there that we got to look at. But I think the future is really more based on the profile of, of the applications you're trying to serve than tiers and
3: silos. So you brought up OpenStack, and I'm I'm kind of interested in that, right? Because, you know, NetApp combines or, or you know between the on tap and the solid fire platforms. I think. What OpenStack Summit. We were saying something like twenty-one or twenty-four percent of the total storage market for for OpenStack uh, deployments. So, what are what are the differences there, right? And, and I know there are actually the two deployments or the two systems are almost even in the number of deployments that they have um, or, or that we're able to track. So, you know, is there if I'm looking at OpenStack, if I'm looking at a storage platform, are there specific things that I would consider for one versus the other?
4: I think, first and foremost, with solid fire simplicity and ease of management. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, you touched on being an expert with storage and, and all the knobs and turn, things you have to turn in order to get it set up. You know, with SolidFire, plug it in, discover it, get going. But the ongoing management of it and the fact that, you know, all of our functionality is exposed through our extra specs. Many of those expert specs have been brought into Horizon, so you can see them from within Horizon now. They're not kind of hidden in the background anymore. You can create custom volume types that you say, I want minimum, maximum burst set on this one. I'm going to call it gold. I'm going to create a volume type that is gold. And I'm going to get going. But then somewhere along the way, you may say, oh, this volume really needs different performance specs. I need platinum instead of gold. And you simply retype the volume. Through software feature, no migration, no change, no stopping of the Cinder service, no nothing, and and you're done. And you can do this so seamlessly and non-disruptively to your end users that they don't even know this is what's happening. Suddenly, just the extra performance they needed is there. And so, the ongoing management of it, I think, is what makes it an incredibly elegant solution within an OpenStack environment.
3: So, uh, Keith, I- I'm looking at you because I know that you've been doing a lot with the VMware side of the of the house now. So. You know, does that translate into VMware as well? You know, if I'm a a VMware administrator or a cloud architect, uh, if I can use that term, right, are there considerations between platforms? And I I think we could arguably even throw an E-series into the mix, um, although none of us here are really E-series experts. But um, I, I think it would be interesting to see the different perspectives.
1: Yeah, well, there's certainly a lot of uh, there's a lot of things to consider when you're trying to figure out which platform you'd want to do between OnTap and SolidFire for a VMware environment. You know, a lot of things depends upon. Um, you know, do you have a fairly deeply rooted, um, you know, Fibre Channel and NFS based uh, VMware design? Uh, are you using a lot of things around snapshot protection, maybe Metro clustering, uh, lots of rich data services? Um, and and the like. You know, there's there's tons of integration checkoffs that you can have that really default you to, to ONTAP uh, based on where people have been previously in their designs or not. Um, SolidFire, you know, the, where we end up seeing ourselves uh, in adoptions in, in the VMware environment, um, you know, one out of every three deals we have is VDI and EUC. So by far and away, you know, the biggest thing we, we, we resonate with, and if you look at internationally, you know, whether it's uh, Canada with Rackforce or, uh, Colt and EMEA or Big Air over an ANZ, you know, Global DAS is is one spot that was really uh, really well done for us. It's one thing where VMware would actually recommend us to some of these service providers, based on our ability to not just have performance characteristics to help them run DAS in a multi-tenant environment, uh, but also our ability to uh, be be programmable. And I think probably the most underrated under 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 um, uh, exposed thing about SolidFire is the API. Uh, the APIs that we have, the 100% exposed APIs that you can plug into and um, and work with to develop automation and develop your own uh, integrations with platforms. Um, if you're uh, if you're looking to collapse silos and collapse tiers, you know our message about the end state of where we're trying to get people into the most advanced software-defined data center or next-generation data center is all about trying to mix the workloads. Uh, so it's all one platform, and in fact, if you take that even a step further, we've got some clients uh, where VM admins have have gone down the path of VMware integrated OpenStack, and and actually running both VMFS traditional today and VMware integrated OpenStack. Um, and in fact, HedgeServe was one of those clients that d- that uh, spoke at at OpenStack Austin without even any prompt from us on B- on VMware's behalf, mentioning us at OpenStack Austin. Uh, that's a great example of clients that become great advocates of ours uh, based on the functionality of what they want. And the flexibility to be able to have you know, VMware uh, today, whether it's VMFS, tomorrow via vVols, or uh, VMware OpenStack, or regular OpenStack, it's all, ru- it's all runnable on the same cluster. And that's the beauty of, this, of our scale is that it, it promotes mixed workload and mixed platform.
3: So you mentioned VDI specifically, and I think VDI is really interesting because it's also one of the primary targets for things like HCI. And you know, I, I look at HCI, and it's a very uh, rigid scaling model. In that, you know, yes, sure, I have different node types. I can go in, and I can, you know, maybe I can get a little more disk or a little more CPU with this one, but. It's not as it will never be as flexible as having discrete, you know, compute and storage nodes. And yet, when you adopt something like a SolidFire, right, you effectively have that discrete scalability and retain all of the simplicity, right? So just like with a VMware cluster, we can go in and add a new host, and you suddenly have access to all this RAM and CPU. You go in and add a new SolidFire node, and you have access to capacity and IOPS. So I think it's it's an interesting shift or, or maybe a twist into that entire yep. uh, perspective on things. And maybe one that I, I don't know any other company is capable of, of meeting those, uh, not complexity, but maybe flexibility needs. Yeah.
1: You see early on, and, and early on when I was a, a channel partner, I, I was a big advocate of Nutanix early in the day, And HCI technological from a, an architecture type perspective, uh, it's got a lot of interesting um, benefits for it in VDI, which is why it's been so popular in that space. I think the problem is over time, as you own it, is again, you don't want to have you know HCI just sitting there for EUC and VDI, standalone from your the rest of your VMware environment. So if you say, OK, then I'm going to mix the workloads, I think the issue is, is that today HCI doesn't have great performance controls outside of what VMware will provide in SIOC. And again, the problem with SIOC is it doesn't kick in until a certain level of latency has to be produced uh, for it to actually kick in versus say SolidFire and QoS, which is, which is native, you know, so you can automatically have a better efficiency, and that's the other part is that you know we're not forcing you to you know to to b- use the building block architecture that is sort of forced with HCI, where you know you can scale capacity, uh, performance uh, separate from compute and the licensing that goes with compute um, relative to both a VDI environment and your vSphere environment. Uh, that's the beauty of getting the cluster to work for the entire workload. Um, God forbid you actually would do something on the open source side as well. You know you can get you know the VDI, the vSphere environment, and some open source environment all in the same cluster. Um, so that that's where you know I see. I think HCI certainly is something people jump at, but again, I think it promotes either uh, a siloed based environment or an artificial you know pod style uh, build for the traditional three thousand user pod environment. Whereas in the modern architecture that I think we try to advocate to, to VDI admins and VDI builders um, is much more around the attribute of, of what granularity of, of, of desktop builds do you want to have going forward without having to be trapped to this stair-step 3,000 user at a time thing. Um, it's doing it 50 users at a time as an example. Or in our case, one of, the, one of, one of our nodes typically supports seven to 800 desktops per one U. That's a pretty decent little scale of economies and a much smaller increment of scale. And so the flexibility tilts in the advantage of the VDI administrator and builder, along with the other workloads you can put in there, like, God forbid, you want to stand up another SQL database or something. Um, you have the flexibility to do that in a mixed workload environment.
3: Yeah, so I'd, I'd like to get your opinion on, you know, for a year and a half or two years now, I've been kind of, um, you know, internally saying, you know, well, who, who buys, who considers HCI? right as as a consumer why am i interested in hci and i tend to categorize them into sort of two groups of people right so one are application administrators right people who simply want to consume the infrastructure without having to think about the infrastructure right click a button give give me that virtual machine right the other set is you know people that i tend to call you know virtualization administrators who are tired of dealing with the storage a holes Right, I, I want to get around having to deal with my storage admin because you know they make me fill out a help desk ticket and they so give people me, that hate storage yeah they, they give me grief because I'm I want four more terabytes and you know blah 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 and you know six weeks later they finally get me the one that I wanted and all this so they they want to work around that team and you know what what they so what they do is well they bring storage management underneath their own umbrella, right? And they sell it to their management as being, well, we can now react at the speed of business. I'm using air quotes for people who can't see me. Yeah. Right. And, and Great it's Great air
4: quotes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so it, I don't know if, you know, when we look at that consumption model, when we look at that rationale, is that something that still applies when we have something like solid fire available?
4: I think absolutely, particularly the latter. The person who doesn't wanna to have to think about what's going on underneath and they wanna make it more self service and they wanna make it more transparent. That it's yes, we're an appliance. We Oh, Keith's grabbing the beard. He's he's gonna put the beard on. You'll give a power have, answer.
0: Once you get a beard, you never go back.
4: <laughs> Kinda looks like Jeremiah look Johnson. Like a, it it's
0: actually like, pretty fantastic.
1: You look like a like a young Andy Banta. <laughs> God, I wish I had a mullet.
4: Before right he now. grew his hair out.
0: Like a Grizzly Adams or a Chris Christopherson,
4: <laughs> Exactly. Um, but just the simplicity of everything and the fact. So we have to pause for a moment. To Am I taking you off track here? To compose ourselves
1: just you, a bit. I, might, can,
4: I, I can't even look at you.
1: You might be an idiot if. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Answer that question staring at that beard. Do it.
4: You might be an idiot. If you're or be wearing a beard right now.
1: Hold on a second. I do have a developer's uh, adaptation of of this
2: beard.
4: <laughs> it is now a neck beard. Now
2: I have a neck beard. This is a joy in the ditch right now. There was a there there was a question being answered.
4: HCI. Yes. So it was the simplicity of deployment, or the second half was just virtualization people who are tired of dealing with the storage gray beards. And you know, I, I, I hear a lot across a lot of the solutions, oh, it just took too long to provision storage. I put in a request. I couldn't get what I wanted. You know, the, the conflict real or imagined between storage admins and, and the consumers of storage, so the managers of storage and the consumers of storage. Um, so definitely that group, you know, the consumers. I just want some storage. It sits underneath. It enables me to do my work. It enables me to do my work faster, I can focus on higher value things, um, you know, all of these things where storage simply becomes a resource and it doesn't have to be this complex proprietary thing sitting underneath. And I I think, you know, one, like in OpenStack environments, that's what everyone wants is they just want to abstract all the underlying hardware and, and make them resources. And there it's the utility model, not the gas in my house, but that if I need a resource, I turn it on, I use it when I'm done, I put it back in. When I'm not running my air conditioning unit, other people on the grid are taking that electricity and using it as well. Um, the simplicity of the of the deployment, you know, I think even though SolidFire isn't an HCI system now, you get the simplicity of deployment. You get the lack of knobs to turn. Now, granted, it doesn't come with the networking. It doesn't come with the servers like an HCI system does. But it's radically simplified how you consume storage and manage it. That. You, know, you can get that ease of use without having to buy a lockstep system.
2: Yeah, totally. I think that's that's absolutely a fair description. And particularly if, if you're coming at it from the storage perspective, right? If, you, if you're looking at it going, listen, the pain point here is I've just got too much stuff going on on the storage side of the house. I don't have expertise over there. I need this to be better. Um, and, and those use cases in particular, absolutely. You know, th- there are multiple ways to solve these problems. And the way that SolidFire has been engineered from the ground up, it, it just doesn't have the complexity that a lot of platforms carry. Yeah,
1: and, and I think if you look at the initial uh, design, it was all for scale. It was for for uh, larger scale service providers and people that want to have scale to their systems. And if you look at the people that do that, they implement in shards. You know, they implement in a multi rack configuration. That's traditionally not HCI. You know, that's traditionally not saying we're going to put a bunch of HCI things together. Not that you can't, but you don't see traditional consumption of HCI in that realm. You see it more down market where they're buying two or three or four uh, nodes of HCI. And and it's a smaller environment because they want the simplicity of of the hardware architecture, um, which is not illegal, by the way. HCI has great technology uh, trade-offs and and benefits. Everything has a, a pro and a con. And I think over time, it's less about hating one specific architecture type. And just knowing more specifically you know, what's the pros and cons of it. And in the case of SolidFire, you know, we're built for um, larger scale implementations, even though a lot of ours start out with four nodes. You know, what we see most commonly are people with you know, uh, dozens of nodes in an implementation um, you know, to be able to achieve the benefits of that scale.
2: Yeah, and, and as you scale systems, that's where the, the, the old adage that, that, that we love to throw around here, right? And The, the, the golden formula of uh, complexity times scale equals skill, uh, which is the, the basic way that you can calculate what it's going to take to run anything, right? The only way that you can lower the skill set required to run an infrastructure is to use less complex infrastructure, right, uh, as you scale it. There's no way to take something complicated and to scale it and to not require PhDs.
4: Right. But just because it's less complex doesn't mean that it can't be robust and it can't be an elegant solution and it can't.
2: That's that's why Andrew and I rail against the use of the word simple, because I don't care about how simple you are ultimately like it's a word that we've been using a lot in this podcast and 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 we continue to use in this industry because it's got traction and our customers understand it but really we're using the wrong language we should yep. be talking about usability not simplicity because simple products are easy to use but they don't do anything impressive
4: right so not simple usable yeah. usable in a smart way you know and and our first customer base when we came about as a product were service providers because that was the problems we were built to, to solve. But, you know, as we've matured, SolidFire's been around since 2010, it's six years later, more and more enterprises and on-prem solutions are moving towards a service delivery type model, which means that the tenants that SolidFire was created and based on service their workloads and needs very, very well. And I think, you know, not everybody's there. Not everybody's at, I'm gonna have a service type model. and Everything is a spectrum and there is a spectrum of the apps you run and there is a spectrum of the way you manage your storage, which is why being a part of the NetApp portfolio means that no matter where you are, where you are in your evolution, where you are in and how you manage your infrastructure, how you manage your apps and what you want out of your storage, NetApp has a product for that. And we have the deepest all Flash portfolio out there, but Flash is the least interesting thing about
3: us. Deep. It's
2: it's funny, like for me personally, I've I've changed the way that you know since the acquisition. I know that I've changed the way that I talk about our portfolio, and and I've I now, you know, whatever it is, what it is, I look at SolidFire as I'm trying to get that thing in there first. Um, and and the reason that 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 I like to start there and then figure out a way to rule it out with 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 a customer or a particular challenge is is just because you don't have to worry about all the other stuff. You I've know,
1: all, I've always said you're our favorite podcaster
2: <laughs> out of all these guys here. You're the best. Uh, well, it's 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 <laughs> who's your least favorite? Me, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yes, the, the, but. You know, it's, you, you mentioned it, Keith, at the top. You know, One of those things that, that does take an account and move them out of that bucket and back into the ONTAP bucket is if you're leveraging those advanced data services. But I'll tell you what. You may be amazed how many people are, are deploying ONTAP and then just presenting an iSCSI LUN off it and calling it a day. Yeah. And they're not using any of the advanced functionality. And if you're not using it, all you're doing is just dealing with more stuff. Yeah, and so this is the challenge that if you look at the channel partners, this is
1: their life Every day of their life is about portfolio selection and and either doing upfront consultative work to help a customer understand or a prospect understand uh, what to pick and why, uh, and what are some of the, the trade-offs between option A, B, and C. You know, that's the challenge for all the NetApp people listening to this podcast and all the field engineers out there that are helping reps be able to select uh, the right solution. Not because, you know, you have one situational bias one way or the other, but because you can objectively do the right thing for the client yeah. in, in the objectives of what they're trying to drive. And by the way, these aren't always technical requirements. These are also financial, political, and operational.
4: Political and operational. There's a
1: lot of caveats that go into, 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 pl- into, pl- into a portfolio selection. And it's the great challenge going forward for the next set of years for NetApp, as I see it.
4: Well, yeah. much like our election, purchasing storage is never a one-issue oh,
1: decision. Oh, jeez, we're not getting politics.
4: I won't go there. That's the ultimate ditch. I won't. You have a neck beard on. I can't go there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking for fifth party storage. (laughs) 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 Is that the fourth platform or the or or the or the third platform from the sun? I've lost track.
3: (laughs) No, I, I think you're absolutely right, Keith. Right, and too many people get wrapped around the axle and all lost inside of the details of you know, well, exactly how does data protection work, right? And where does this particular bit of data land on which disk and and all of these other types of things that ultimately really aren't that relevant. Yeah. And you know, uh, one of the classic examples I did in EBC uh, 6 or 8 months ago and you know, I'm sitting in the room with three customers, right? Three people from the customer organization and it was the manager and two storage engineers. And the two storage guys are, are geeking out over all the stuff that we're telling them about ONTAP and all this other stuff. And, yeah, we love to be able to dig in and find out exactly what's going on and tune and tweak and all this other stuff. And their manager's leaning back going, I don't want them doing that. They're, they waste weeks of time to find little things that might save us $10. Yeah. Right? I need them doing more valuable things for the business. And True. So that operational side of things, that manageability side of things is huge. But flip flip the coin back over for a quick second and say...
1: You can also get lost in this in this ABC comparison and, and end up coming up with no answers for the customer. And just think about, you yeah. know, the, the table stakes uh, for all the NetApp people listening is to find a way to seed SolidFire uh, because you're not totally sure where, where you're going to see SolidFire have a fit in the future. But I've been in a number of these, these account uh, activities where you have someone say, well, let's bring SolidFire in for this one project so we can get it going. And we can figure out where it's going to fit in the environment because they might not even know yet where it's going to fit. Uh, just and having the adaptation of the total platform, you know, is really a part of where you try to take this as a, as a as an end game. Uh, if you're one of the field SEs,
2: yeah. And I'll tell you what, if 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 you're really smart. You, you educate your customers, and then you get the hell out of their way because they're smarter than you are, right? Yeah. And, a- and that last point, that's, that's the home run there. Just get it in-house, let them learn how to consume it, and then get out of their way because they know their business, and they'll automatically use it where it's the best fit.
1: Yep. That's back in the day when I'd tell reps all the time I was managing a sales force. Uh, I'd tell them, listen, if you're selling, stop. Because no one ever walks on a car lot you know, looking for someone to sell them a car. You walk on the car lot looking to buy a vehicle. You know what you want for the most part. Now, a lot of these customers don't know what they want. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of misinformation to work through in, in, in deals and customer environments. But for the most part, people know what they want to get. And, and aligning them to those things is really what, is it, what it's about.
2: Yeah, we've, we've had the fortunate position um, the past couple of years inside NetApp to, to be able to just be rather agnostic about all sorts of things, right? Like not take sides in OpenStack, VMware, Hyper-V, we don't care, right? Whatever one you want to run, we love. You know, not take sides in in the in the protocol wars. You want to use Fiber Channel, iSCSI, SIFS, NFS, we don't care. We love them all, right? You do you. And, we'll exactly. be here with your storage. But, but that's what I love
1: about like Andy Banta, where he'll take an, uh, a very passionate advocation towards iSCSI. And you will not get them off that block. I don't mind those people either because as long as you come with a fairly well informed like track on, on some, you know, specific preference and you're very narrowly focused on that you're also an effective part of, of the overall resources for a customer to figure out what matters.
2: Absolutely, right? Be, be, in that in that instance, somebody like Andy is is that deep technical expert that's pushing the conversation further up the stack and, and getting out of the weeds by just solving all the how-does-this-actually-work stuff. Right. Um, but but I think often those conversations aren't with somebody who knows as much as that gentleman does. They're with somebody who thinks they know that much. Yeah. And in actuality, is nowhere close to that, that, that level. So just as a general rule of thumb... Th- those those fights are just never worth the fight. They just aren't.
1: Yeah, and, and that's where I think like one of the funnest things I see is I, I saw this in the last quarter where um, a prospect customer came to us and said, we want to look at doing a Greenfield Docker POC. And part of it was, okay, how do we make sure we get that right? Um, and, and it was funny because it was the developer manager that was actually bringing us in outside of the traditional storage team that had a preference towards a certain manufacturer yeah and they're totally blocking us you know because they just had a political preference towards a certain brand name I won't say who and seeing that an actual developer manager would bring in something you know that didn't feel like storage, I thought was just an absolute validation towards the future of what some of this might feel like
2: yeah I don't it's are you gonna make it
0: <laughs> And Andrew almost fell over yeah. yes just for, for the record.
1: I was wishing. I was like, "Please let him fall over." Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, that'd be they're, epic. They're, it, it that, was, that would have been a
0: tremendous
2: thud. Yes. <laughs> oh, jeez. The, yeah, there was there was almost a wall that that wasn't there anymore. Yeah.
0: Andrew, stop leaning back in your chair. <coughs>
3: yes, mom. Eat
1: your veggies. But I, I would I would maybe like to ask a question back to you guys. Um, you know, because from our perspective, SolidFire, we cut co- we come into this, and you know, it's interesting for us to see uh, NetApp as an overall company. And, and how do you guys think they're they're making the adjustment? Do you guys do you guys see and feel like like that that adjustment that digestive process is working? Because there certainly were a lot of provocative statements made by like by Dave Hitz at, at, on stage at sales kickoff, you know, about uh, cable defined storage and advocating Solid Fire in this one U pizza box, and it's got two cables and all the great things about it, but. You know, If I'm sitting as a NetApp person, sometimes I don't necessarily take that well. But I, what I've seen a lot is, is a lot of good things with the NetApp. I'd love to get your guys' impression on what you guys have seen.
4: Yeah, or do you just think we're this random anomaly sitting out in the land of legal weed?
2: I I think that the, the, the NetApp employees that were here prior to the acquisition um, are still getting their head around what SolidFire is as a platform and to the large extent just getting to know the SolidFire team. You know, because it's it, it's 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 two organizations of completely different scale that that are coming together and and becoming one uh, that that is very much you know a one plus one equals three type type scenario. Um, but but from our side, it's really just you know, like rationalizing stuff down and figuring out like where those lines are. You know where. where you know, for, for instance, one of those trip points for me in my own ecosystem is, is SnapCenter, right? Today, if I come across an account that's reliant upon <laughs> SnapCenter, that's an ONTAP account, and they need to stay an ONTAP account because that integration isn't there for them. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I look at as this, you know, we, NetApp bought SolidFire. It's it's now NetApp. I don't care. You know, it's like if you sell SolidFire, you're still selling NetApp. But I think that's the, 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 the thing that people are having trouble wrapping their head around, that the idea that if I sell SolidFire, I'm not actually selling NetApp. And that's that's not true. If we're a portfolio company. If you sell E-Series, Storage Grid, SolidFire, whatever, you're still selling NetApp
3: as a company overall. Totally. Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things. Um, so one, we're only six months in, right? Everybody has, if you only have one job right now, you're extremely lucky. Uh, most of us have <laughs> two or three or four jobs, right? So everybody is still catching up. And there's a lot of work that has to be done around just Making two companies one. Um, now that being said, I think that you know Glenn and I, who sit on the solution side, are a lot closer to where all of these things meet together, right? As opposed to Justin, who sits on the core on tap side, right? He is his expertise is in on tap features, so he isn't necessarily going to encounter those situations as as frequently. Uh, now that being said. Uh, there is still, like I said, a lot of work to be done. Right, the reason why we have you all in the studio today is because you were kind enough to come from from Boulder in order to sit down. in Minneapolis, with those of us in uh, <laughs> Minneapolis, but you know it's cold up there. Not right now, I know. Yeah, uh, so it's but, actually hotter there today than yeah. it is here. <laughs> so but there's also giant flies in Minnesota. <laughs> mosquitoes,
1: mosquitoes, flies. not flies. Yeah, you mosquitoes. mean there's yeah, giant
0: deer flies? No. Yeah. It's- They have those everywhere.
4: And they have Keith Norby.
0: But they have giant lakes and the the flies are the size of the lakes. They're massive. Yes. And they bite.
3: So but you know, the reason why we have you guys in the in the studio today is because you came down in order to well, let's sort out, let's make sure we have the VMware side of things done and solid before VMworld. And it's just one of those it takes time, and yeah. six months, I would say, is not enough time for you know a multi-billion-dollar ship to pivot. You know?
1: Yeah, but what I will say is, you know, I've had a front-row seat to a lot of things that have been really awesome uh, to see. Not only wins come across the win reports, where we would have never gotten certain wins at certain accounts uh, if it weren't for NetApp. <clears throat> so that's a great example. I've also seen like with uh, with Marantis, where we've seen a real breakthrough in the leverage from the alliance organization and their status with Marantis. Um, and seeing where SolidFire fits to help them lead, you know, the scale of OpenStack beyond pilots uh, into more large-scale production, uh, that's been a great benefit. And I think you know the work with Barnacles Group and and the NDVP plugin, and you know we we had our own little plugin, but you know for the most part, you guys have helped us really take and extend that. And and now teaming with us on supporting some of these uh, rapid adoptions of InField, both engagements, POCs, and everything. It's a, it's a great example where uh, together we've definitely accomplished more than we would have done on our own.
4: Absolutely, I I feel like we're there's so much more coming together and there's, you know, I, I'll have folks that you know are traditionally solid fire and, and they'll be like, do you talk to folks on the dead upside very often? I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I talk to people every day, almost every hour. Like, yes, couldn't do this job without the integration and without. Reaching across the aisle and having that there, and and it's it's critical to our success that we do that and be open, and that you know we did things one way, they've done things a different way. Together, we can find our way together better. And you know, personally too, this is this is my second large acquisition as part of the Sun Oracle one. So I feel like I'm just going to sit back on my couch, crack a crack a beer, eat some popcorn, and watch integration again.
3: Yeah. I would be interested in, you know, soliciting listeners, right, whether they're NetApp employees or customers or, or anybody else who, uh, partners, right, who's listening. And, you know, what are your perceptions of the the acquisition slash merger slash whatever you want to call it? Because it is, depending on where you sit um, internally and externally, I think that there can be drastically different perspectives. Nice.
4: Yeah. But to your point, six months in, you know, six months is not a long time. And... I feel like what we've done and how we've come together is as, as SolidFire joining NetApp in six months is is actually really great and is very admirable that you know, things are going well, and and we're making inroads, and we're integrating, and we're having joint successes in the field, and that even from a a product marketing, and and I'm ingesting things. I'm ingesting things from engineers that are not part of the solid fire organization. I mean, Andrew, how often do I ping you, bug you for things, you know? like
2: That's just Andrew. That's normal. Oh, okay.
0: I want to know how Elio's taking all this.
4: (laughs) Oh.
2: Thank God we got Elio, man.
4: Elio is great. I've, I've sprung up a cottage industry of making Elio iron-on patches, if anybody wants an Elio iron-on patch.
1: For those that don't know, Elio is the uh, robot mascot uh, for SolidFire. You may have seen them on different swag or um, the website or whatever. Uh, the cool part about you know the branding going forward is it's all, it all goes to the NetApp logo and branding, but we've been able to keep Elio as sort of our mascot, our symbol, that stays for the long term as far as, as we can see. Uh, and it helps us really kind of uh, keep a, a grounding rod, a kind of a an emotional uh, you know, stabling point for a lot of us because we rally around Elio.
4: We, we rally around Elio, yeah. you know, the, with the solid fire logo getting switched over and, and we retired the Helix on top of it. We do have a picture in the office of Elio, mourning by the grave site of moment Helix. Moment of silence for, e- moment, for, moment for Helix. Moment of silence for, for Helix. Um, what I also find interesting is there isn't a NetApp sales rep In the field, I've seen emails from him, and his name is Elio, and I just need to know if he knows that he's named after our robot mascot.
1: Love it. we got to send him some Elio stuff.
2: So, Elio, if you're listening, let us know. Did you know that we named a robot after you? Yes,
1: you're the VIP of of NetApp
0: now. We need to take a picture of you with Elio. How would someone get in touch with us anyway? Podcast at NetUp.com. Oh, yeah, you could email us. And if you have questions for Kelly or Keith, feel free to drop those questions in the inbox, and we'll forward them on. Do we have anything else, guys?
4: No, I just I just want to say thanks for having us in while yeah, we're it's a lot out of here. Fun.
0: Uh, first time I've had a ne- neck beard, so mm. I feel it probably won't be your last. And, I, and I, you know, you've tried it on.
4: <laughs> it, his first time with a neck beard, and, and only my only the second time in my four decades of existence. I have been in North Carolina, and the first time was two weeks ago. So I'm enjoying your lovely state.
0: If you flip that neck beard around, you get back here. Oh, <laughs> I, I actually, it could be like an instant mullet. <laughs> also, that. This yeah. oh is up gosh. front, party in the go. back.
1: Hold on a second. We're, we're transforming here. This is my dedication to, Andy jo- Banta. to George Kurian. Um, you want a transformation? I just gave it to you. I t- took a neck beard and made it a mullet. That's pretty good. <laughs> Hope you appreciate that. Well, you, I'm, you, I'm here to back that. Oh, and we, we also have to finish the game of uh, You Might Be Solid Fire If. We never. Oh we've yeah, never we gotta got do it. Yeah, okay. We gotta do a couple of rounds of that. It might be like a battle. You guys could I'll actually like keep score between like who's got more points between Kelly and I. as I ask her and she asks me. But um, yeah, on the VMWorld side, the, the interesting part is going to be that we're going to have uh, SolidFire will have a couple of suites at at VMWorld that'll be kind of separate from everything else. And we're actually going to have four sessions there. One will be launching one of the special projects that I'm working on called EUCLaunchpad.com. Uh, it's a joint venture with VMware that will uh, sh- you know showcase uh, the joint solution and as well as you know help you launch your VDI project, uh, etc and like a developer IT track with uh, Josh Atwell um, and a transformation deck probably one of the more exciting ones that I like is is the transformation uh, presentation from Val Barcovici, uh Gabe Chapman, and uh, Jeremiah Dooley um, if you've if you haven't seen this two two, an- two analyst days ago, Jeremiah did this beautiful deck where he basically started with a you know, say, an eight-rack configuration in, in PowerPoint. And he, he made it like a five-phase transformation of how SolidFire's introduction of a four-node all the way through to all the things we can do with you know transforming VMware, transforming to OpenStack, uh, replication, and multi-site. Um, and it was just a great way to sort of walk through a PowerPoint differently than you have had before, where you're talking about the technology phase changes
0: and what you're getting rid of and what you're trying to achieve now Whenever we I hear somebody talk about PowerPoint in glowing terms, I can't help but think about American Psycho, where they talk about the business cards <laughs> and everybody's comparing the business cards. And the, have yeah. I
2: ever showed you my PowerPoint slide from last year's insight? No, I have a. Uh, you would know the one. I haven't asked. I have a PowerPoint slide with over two thousand animations on it. Really? Yeah. Wow! Uh, wow! It it animates an ODX top. It, it it animates an ODX token offload.
0: In on tap, and it took me two thousand animations to actually wow. like show how that flows. Do you remember the animation, the uh, like the little illustrations we used to have? Yes, I yeah. used to chop them up and animate them individually. Oh my god! So I had one with the guy with the guitar; he was doing this. Ah, that's awesome.
1: That at least sounds fun. The previous one sounds like a dark f- set of days. Yeah, yeah that sounds PowerPoint mildly horrific. Although I will say the, the the funnest thing I've ever seen animation-wise for PowerPoint, and you'll test this is. Our sales kickoff before we got uh, acquired, like the one two years ago, Uh, Dave Wright did a PowerPoint animation build to uh, like an 80s remix of Eye the Tiger, where he took every single win throughout each month with the logo names, you know, kind of zooming out and in to the actual growth, revenue growth track. It was the coolest damn thing you've ever seen in your life to some pretty cool 80s music. Um, and it just, it was pretty epic to see. It's the best animation I've seen in a while. Was PowerPoint that the sales
4: yet. kickoff where I rapped?
0: Yes, it was, actually. Okay, yeah. What? Is that on tape somewhere? It is. It is. Okay, we need to see that. <laughs> yeah. All right, there's homework. <laughs> yep. Yes. Speaking of 80s, have you guys seen Stranger Things Mm-mm. on nope. Netflix? Nope. You should. Okay. No? You can skip it. What? It's not, it's not mm-hmm. transcendent, but it's good.
2: Hey, Justin, you want to know what the worst decade in the history of this country was?
0: <laughs> uh...
2: The aughts, the eighties. No, that's the best. Come on,
4: uh, No, the eighties were awesome. I, it's, it's I c- the guy
3: with the, <laughs> the fake mullet. I don't. I yeah, mean, that's right.
0: That's a virtual mullet right there. Ha, if, you've, if you if have you never read this the Rates Mul- of wrath. It's the teens. All right. This is mullet ops right here. It's the dust bowl. I've, I've hacked the okay. mullet. Okay.
4: <laughs> okay. We can all agree it's the dust bowl because none of us lived. Through it's bad. the
2: dust bowl, Justin. For the love of God, land this plane. <laughs> Good God,
4: yes. All right.
2: All right. So uh, Kelly, you might be solid fire if.
4: Isn't it my turn to ask you? Uh, Sure. Okay. Keith, you might be SolidFire if...
1: Uh, You're trying to move away from silos and tiers into mixing your workloads with profiles.
4: How would you accomplish that?
1: Uh, QoS, um, along with the uh, all-flash platform uh, characteristics of how we scale within SolidFire on a VMware environment or OpenStack. Okay. So, Kelly, you might be SolidFire if...
4: You want to scale linearly and get rid of capacity planning because you can add one node at a time very granularly and get linear gains in performance and computing as you add the nodes so that you don't have to buy a whole bunch up front that you're not going to use for a while. You can just add them as you need them. Okay. Keith, you might be solid fire if...
1: You might be solid fire if... Um, you value API programmability. How so? Well, if you have uh, different platform op- applications or, or orchestration that you want to do some programmability with us, that could be like network automation. It could be uh, orchestration of a of a of
0: a platform. I'm, just, I'm blanking
1: on this now. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: that was oh. horrible. I think we have a winner. I was thinking of VM- Kelly Kelly Pickleman. Kelly, <laughs> 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 let's hear it. Solid oh. fire idol. So- this is the part where you rap. Oh. No. Oh yeah, you no. gotta you gotta kick it. No, no, right just, now, no, no. Nope. Music and land the. Plane. No, we gotta kick it. Well, we need a beatbox. Anybody know how to do do a beatbox? <laughs> Sizemore. <laughs> the button. Okay, okay.
2: No,
4: I mean, it, as long as it doesn't make it into it the says final. Says outro. <laughs> into the final. She
0: could rap over the outro. There, that's what I mean. Oh,
4: yeah. you could, All you right, get... stop. Consolidate and listen. Oh the K's God. are back with a scale out solution. Scale out. Grabs a hold of me tightly. Guaranteed performance daily and nightly. Nice. W- will
0: it ever stop? No. God, no, it will not stop. Okay, yes. Th- yes. That'll haunt my yes. dreams. That'll haunt
4: my the dreams. The most unique node in the show.
0: <laughs> okay. <sighs>
2: yeah.
4: Okay. That does not make it in. Yes, it does.
2: Oh, that no. totally makes that it is is in. That is so in. <laughs> that's so
1: bitching
0: right there. All right, Kelly, Keith. Thanks so much for joining us. Can anyone get in contact with you outside of the regular means of email? What about Twitter? Anybody got a Twitter handle?
4: I got a Twitter handle. At Kelly Beckman, B-O-E-C-K-M-A-N.
1: And I'm on the Twitters at uh, at Keith Norby. Uh, That's
0: K-E-I-T-H-N-O-R-B as in boy, I-E. All right. Keith Norby and Kelly Beckman, thanks so much for joining us. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast.netapp.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today or Kelly Pickleman's rapping, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team and Keith Norrie and Kelly Beckman, thanks for listening. Boom! That's your rap name. Pickleman. Pickleman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. MC Pickleman, MC
2: Pickleman, in the his else.
4: Oh,
2: you're opening for Macklemore next month.
4: I gotta buy that URL.
2: You do. Uh,
0: and I'm gonna start growing a real mullet. Is it you, just you, me that's getting old? You just, you know, oh yeah, you're mullet. all business up front, but you're all party, no party in, the back. in the back. Party in the back, He's that's right.
4: He's like an El Camino, me and Banta. But
0: with hair. Me, me and Banta's gonna roll hard at VMWorld. Together, I, I hate to see you go, but I love watching you walk away. <laughs>